You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 208, and I'm your host, Tom Gallo. For this edition of the podcast, I chatted with rising songwriter Jonah Kagan. Though Kagan first picked up a guitar at the age of six, he started shifting his primary focus to music during the pandemic when his song Broken blew up on TikTok. That song's success led to several other social media and streaming hits, including Wishing You Did, Catching a Dream, and Summer Feeling, a collaborative track with Norwegian DJ Matoma. Fast forward to 2022, and Kagan is embarking on his first ever tour in support of English artist Maisie Peters, playing to sold-out crowds at legendary venues, including Webster Hall, right here in New York City. It's been a wild ride for Kagan, who prior to 2020 was focused on his career as a Division I college soccer player at Cornell with hopes of eventually going pro. During our interview, we chatted about how all of that changed for Kagan, including how and why he first decided to share his music via social media, how his career as an athlete has helped him as a musician, the guitar players that have influenced his distinct finger-picking style, what it's been like playing big rooms for his first-ever gigs, and much more. Plus, Kagan picked some awesome records from my collection, including some choice cuts from Michael Jackson, Tom Waits, and the Go-Go's. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look at My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look at My Records website, where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. I'm here with Jonah Kagan. How you doing today, man? How's everything? Hello. I am I'm I'm doing amazing. I'm living a weird alternate reality right now. So calling from the back of a Very tour cool. Bus. You're on tour with Maisie Peters right now. How's the tour kickoff going? Because you're in the very early stages of this tour right now. It, it's honestly, it, it's only been like two days and it's been so amazing. We got here, we, we got into Chicago and it's just me and, and two other guys playing. And then she has her whole crew and we just like, everybody immediately hit it off so fast. And it was like that night, we had met each other for like a couple hours and then everybody was in a room together just dancing and singing and stuff. And then uh, we got on the bus and it was just uh the same thing we haven't had any issues it's just been very everybody's here for the same reasons and um it's just been really it's the the perfect first tour yeah an incredible first touring opportunity i know you also i think recently graduated college too so a great way to enter the real world by just hitting oh my the road god playing pretty pretty it's, big it's, venues it is the, too. the yeah. best the best transition possible <laughs> to go from from uh, doing something that I just really did not want to be doing into doing this is, yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, definitely very special. And you've released a whole bunch of great singles over the last two years. I want to go way back, though, to your very beginnings in music. Talk about that a little sure. bit. I know you picked up the guitar at age six. Your grandfather was a musician. What what do you remember as some of your early experiences playing music? When did you start writing songs? Yeah, uh, it, very early on, it was it was pretty much solely fueled by me wanting to impress my grandfather and to be like uh, you know the people he used to show me, and also to, to I remember I really really wanted to learn how to play Stairway to Heaven for my mom. That was like a, a very big driving force was I really she talked about that song all the time so I was like you know what I really want to show her this and it actually it didn't take long I think it was like 
within the first year I had learned that first little uh, intro bit and played it for her. I remember doing that as being like the, uh, that was just like, that was a big moment because I was like, that was a big driving force for why I did it. So then I remember when I learned it and pulled my guitar out and played it for her and watched her reaction, I kind of, I guess that was the first moment of seeing somebody react to music, somebody that I cared about deeply react to something that I did and it was so special and so cool and so I was like oh this is this is there's nothing like this and then I kind of just sat on my music though for a long time and didn't tell a whole lot of people about it I didn't even I wouldn't play for my parents other than Stairway to Heaven <laughs> and I just I, I just kind of kept it quiet because I was very shy about it um and then uh I started writing songs. Um, I wrote a lot of stuff on the guitar, just no lyrics, anything. Um, but then I started writing songs with lyrics around like going into high school time, somewhere around then. And that was when I kind of fell in love with songwriting and acoustic style and things like that. And um, I think I had the, the one kind of like core defining moment I had I was taking this guitar class by the school um, and at that point I had been playing for a really long time but um, I kind of wanted to nobody knew that I played guitar at all I was like all right maybe it's time to you know pull it out and show it I guess I was still like super super shy about it but um, I just wanted the arts credit and took this guitar class and um, the teacher was like hey do you want to perform at the at our, it was our family weekend, which was like our equivalent of homecoming, because um, it was a boarding school, and uh, I was like, are you serious? He said, yeah, why don't you perform an original? And at this point, I still hadn't started singing yet either, so it was just the guitar thing. I got up on stage, and I remember playing this original in front of basically the whole school and their families, and seeing the kind of, it was a combination of like, surprised because nobody knew that I played the guitar and people were really moved by the music and I had people come up to me I saw people crying I had people come up to me tell me that it reminded them of something this this is and I was so just baffled that music specifically my music or something that I made could do that and I think that was when it was like, this is what I want to do with the rest that, of my life. That's really is, is beautiful that. and moving. And the other thing that really impressed me about you just from reading about you was that, you know, you've mentioned that you're not only did you play college, uh, college soccer at Cornell Division One school, which is probably very, very demanding. When you're in high school, you went to Shattuck St. Mary's, which I know is really known for strong athletics i'm familiar with it as a hockey fan because i know Sidney crosby went oh, there cool. jonathan taze yeah, uh, yeah. derek steppen who used to play for the rangers so i know that yeah. that nice. was also probably really demanding for you playing a sport there and just going to school how were you able to stay focused on music to the degree that you were able to while kind of handling the demands that come with being you know, Division One college athlete and playing soccer at, you know, a really serious sports-focused uh, prep school. Yeah. Um, music was my outlet always because the soccer was what I was doing. And so it was like, because I, I never saw music as being anything realistic for me. It was just, I, I knew that I could play the guitar. I knew that I could write songs, but I just... I don't know. It just didn't feel uh, like it was possible. So I, and again, I was so shy about it. So I was like, okay, the soccer is what I'm doing yeah. right now. And then uh, I went, so that was why I went to Shattuck St. Mary's was to play soccer. And, and then I wanted to play in college and I wanted to play professionally at, at some point. Um, but I, and I'm actually very grateful for the way that this happened for me because I think if music wasn't my outlet, it might have uh, kind of gotten squashed and I might have missed the, the special meaning of it. Um, but for me, it was, it was the way that I got away from all of that. And so it was the kind of thing like 
I actually had motivation to finish all of my stuff and get done with soccer, get done with my school, get done with all this stuff so that I could go pick up my guitar and go play something or so that I would have time to do this. And then the ultimate kind of peak of that was when um, the pandemic started and all of our cla classes went online, you know, the you could just put the lecture on and you know, I hope obviously in any of my teachers are, are they okay. But I just throw on the lecture and you know, you put it in the in the corner and then you just go write a song. <laughs> that was like the biggest blessing for me. Because I was like, Oh, this this is this is what I should be doing, I think. So it was like I think I, I've when a lot of people have asked me about kind of time management stuff. And the truth is like when you have things that you care about and you just want to do, you you just kind of find a way. Um, and you just do it because it's that important to you. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that year 2020. Cause I know in addition to your classes being virtual, then soccer season was also canceled. So were you able, what was like a turning point for you where did it just start to flow out for you? A lot of songwriting at that point, that, that pandemic period, um, as horrible as that initial period was, it was, um, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing now if it weren't for that. And I, it was mostly, I had, I was just still so hesitant to do anything. I hadn't started singing at that point either. And I just was so like, I just doubted myself so heavily, I guess. And, um, it was, my sister was like, hey, why don't you just, just go, well, like, you, you have this time to, to do this, you have this period, everybody's doing all this random stuff, why don't you just, you know, try it? And I was like, okay. And I put a video out there with my voice on it, and it did, people re reacted so well, and I was like, what the hell? Like, what, what, what do you mean? And it just kind of opened up this wave of, things that I never thought were possible and then it was like oh I love this so much and it took over like that like it, what was once my you know outlet and I was always more passionate about music than anything but I just kept it to the side and the once I had like an inkling of possibility it was like I was writing so much music I was practicing all the time I was singing all the time I was doing all this stuff and then um yeah, and, and part of that, too, you know, like, even last night was a big moment for me because coming, I, I just didn't think that I could yeah. do it, you know, and then to come out there, and my whole life I've just thought that I just couldn't do this, and then to go out there and have people react the way that they did was so magical. Yeah, it's super exciting. So it seems like the ability to get your music out there and the positive response really helped build your confidence as a songwriter. It, it definitely did. I think it was, I'm still kind of in that trying to convince myself that I'm an artist sort of thing, mostly just because I've suppressed it for so long. Um, but it makes me as, as limiting as it is, I suppose, in terms of my, my confidence and things like that, it is, um, makes me extremely grateful anytime I have an interaction with somebody that loves my music or every time somebody that sends me a message it's just like feels so unbelievable and so special and meaningful to me so I'm I am very grateful for that yeah and as I mentioned earlier you've been playing guitar since you were six these last few years seem to have been particularly important in your growth as a musician uh though how do you think you've grown as a musician over the last two years? It's pretty, it's pretty crazy, actually. If I look back at, like, I think if you were to to show younger me so the, some of the stuff that I was doing now, I think he would be like, "Oh, like when did when did we learn how to do that?" <laughs> it was just like uh, I've had the the privilege of being able to be around incredibly talented people also in the last few years and I did jazz my whole life growing up um, and it was very like I, I like jazz and I have like total respect for jazz I'm happy it gave me the foundation that it did but I think I didn't really start growing until I just let go of all the rules 
and stopped thinking about it too much and just started letting my brain do what it does. And it was like some of the some of the coolest things. There are times when I'll, I'll record something these days and just be like, "Oh, that was awesome!" Or every time I get into you know a session with um, you know amazing writers or producers or anything, I love hearing what they have to say because I take so much out of every session now and it's just like this new period where I'm being swarmed with the best information I, I don't know it's it's awesome it definitely feels like I'm learning at a super rapid rate even today what, what's been your recording experiences so far with this string of singles have you worked with different producers for each track what what's that been like for you and what have you been able to to learn so with my with my first song that came out um that was with um a producer i i ended up kind of being um what's the word i'm looking for sheltered not the right word i was i was brought in by this this guy um who runs this label um that he, he very much wants to just protect new artists from, um, you know, kind of rushing into something or, um, uh, making the wrong decisions. And I'm, I'm so grateful for him and for the entire program that he has. It, it was, it was exactly what I needed at the time. Um, but Broken was released as kind of just like a friend of a friend of a friend introduced me to this person introduced me to this person he was like this song's great you want to make you want to make it and then he just produced it and it's like the most beautiful production of all time um so he did that one uh and then it was kind of like after that i worked with the same producer um for pretty much every single that's out right now and that's joe janiak and Joe, actually, I wor- and I worked with a few, a few different writers at the time also that kind of filtered into those sessions um, who I loved. But all of these songs, that, that all the songs that have come out that aren't broken uh, were done with Joe. And um, he, I was a fan of his. I knew who he was because he had worked on a bunch of like Kygo and Avicii yeah. stuff, which I loved. And so he actually DM'd me before anything happened. I hadn't even had a song out. And he sent me a DM on Instagram saying he, he liked my sound and wondered if we could work. And um, I was like, yeah, man, of course. Are you kidding me? And uh, our very first session that we had was Moon. And then we released Moon. Um, so he is, I trust him with, with everything. Um, and now after having moved to LA, I've been able to work with a lot of different people and, um, different writers, different producers, um, which I love, but I've been kind of finding my people for sure. And, and Joe, Joe is always, always going to be there. Yeah. I know broken was basically an immediate hit on TikTok, and it's such a big statement for your first song as you really opened up about your own personal mental health challenges were you apprehensive at all about opening up like that for your first single well actually that song isn't about me that's uh, it was it was a little bit um i was definitely apprehensive but mostly not not because of anything it would reflect on me more so because i wanted to represent the story in the in the right way and i had because i originally posted it as like a duet me which is popular now like the whole open verse thing on tiktok is very popular now but um i originally posted it as like a fill in your story type thing and um i remember the song wasn't done i I hadn't filled in those lines and so like i saw everybody the reaction that it had and i was kind of like oh this is this is really special i don't want to mess this up and so I kind of had to look at everybody's story and find out how do I want to properly tell this story. So apprehensive about myself, no. Um, or at least about me opening up, not so much. It was more just I wanted it to be something special for people because they were very clearly resonating with it and I didn't want to mess that up. Yeah, and how quickly did that take off? When did you start to notice that, wow, this is really gaining steam on... TikTok via that duet format. 
Oh my gosh, it was so fast. It happened so fast. It was like, the the crazy thing was, I would have, like, the first one did really well, and then it was more just like, you know, it got a lot of views, sure, but then it was like, somebody duetted it, that got a lot of views. Then somebody duetted it, that that got a million views. Then somebody else duetted it, and that got three million views. And then somebody else duetted it, and this got, I was like, what the hell is going on? And... I remember then I was like, I duetted somebody else duetting it, and that got <laughs> two million views. And it's just like, so everything happened so fast, and people were just connecting with this song so passionately. Um, and I actually chose not to release it for a while, which I was really worried about because I was worried it would lose momentum. Um, but I had faith in the song, and I was like, no, like, if people reacted this way, they're going to want the song. And so I just kind of took the time to make sure it was perfect and then released it, and it was just out of nowhere. Um, so, Why yeah, do you think just... that song in particular, <laughs> I know there's several songs that you've released that have really resonated with each other, but that one was the first one, Broken. Why do you think that resonated so much with people? I, I think it was because it was telling a story very directly that was applicable to a wide range of people. I think it was like, I, when I was writing it, I wanted to make sure that I didn't say anything too specific uh, so that certain people would feel alienated by the story. I wanted it to be like, how could, it, how could this story apply to somebody that was going through a breakup versus somebody that just lost somebody versus somebody that was, you know, anything going through any sort of trouble i wanted it to be applicable um so it was more about the the sentiment of the song and the emotion of the song rather than the actual specific story and i think that was probably what took is because a lot of people were experiencing that emotion especially in the time that i released it it was right in pandemic time um which i think a lot of people kind of needed it um so, yeah. yeah, people can see themselves in the song. Your guitar playing style, so distinct, I really enjoy it. Uh, over the course of your 15 plus years of playing, who are some guitar players that you've looked up to or that have really influenced your playing style? My, my biggest influence um, by far is Andy McKee. Andy is, I, I've, I'm like terrified to ever meet Andy McKee just because I, I, I have looked up to him for so long. Um, I just love the way that he plays. He was the one that kind of showed me what you can do on an acoustic guitar. Um, I, I heard him do stuff that I was like, there's nothing like this. And actually it was shortly after I started listening to Andy McKee when I sold every single electric guitar that I had wow. and, uh, bought one, one acoustic just, just because it was so, like, I just couldn't believe it. It was just so powerful to me. But he was one. Um, I also listened to guys like, like Don Ross, who actually inspired Andy McKee. And then um, guys like John Gom and Callum Graham. And then of, of late, um, Mateus Asato has been somebody that I've been listening to profusely. Um, and he's, yeah. They're they're just I, people that people that play guitar. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, so it's cool, cool that you're seamlessly really able to take this finger picking style of play that guys like Andy McKee and some of the other guitar players that you mentioned, and you really like fuse it into this, uh, you know, folk pop music that really uh, resonates with a lot of people. So it's a really cool sound that you've been able to take unique technical guitar playing and kind of make it into this pop music. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. So something that I thought was interesting about your background, again, just to take one step back was that, you know, you're an athlete soccer player, obviously a very demanding uh, thing to do every single day you're involved doing that when you were doing it. So I'm curious as to whether, you know, that aspect of your life, do you view like 
who you are as a musician as completely separate from that? Or do you think you take aspects of what doing that for your entire life, playing soccer at this high level required? Or do you take take aspects of that as far as, you know, your routine, uh, your drive, competitive nature? Do you take that into your personality as a musician? Or do you kind of look at being a musician as an opportunity for you to, you know, kind of experience completely different aspects of your personality? I think it's, it's, it's half and half. It's a good question. Uh, the, the truth is, I can't ever turn off the part of me that was a soccer yeah. player and the part of me that was like an athlete. I, I can't. Um, and it, it very, very much like, I, I don't think anybody who did what I did, like any, you could ask any of my teammates, any of anybody we play against, like I, I promise you, I, I bet everybody would say the same thing. It's like, you can't really just turn that off because it's always there. Um, but I don't, I actually don't like to channel most of that through music and I have other ways that I do it. Um, and like I'm, I'm running now versus playing yeah. soccer and things like that. And it's like you, or in my routine, it's like the discipline is still very much there. Um, as far as daily yeah. routine goes and things like that. Um, but with music, it's more, I am very deeply exploring the kind of creative side of my brain rather than, um, the discipline, harsh, competitive. Because the truth is, is like I, the only person that I'm really competitive with is, is myself. I, I just want to keep having you know bigger and bigger songs, and it's not even to to the, the motive though is to reach more people, and it's like kind of a challenging myself. How can I reach more people? Um, it's never like I have never once felt jealous of you know something somebody getting something or, um, you know, a friend of mine having a song do well or anything like that. Um, I think if, if there was going to be one thing that I do carry over, um, it's just the, the work ethic. I think it's just like, I, I was always, I made it a point to be the, the hardest working person on every team and, um, make sure that I was putting in more hours than everybody. And that, applies to music also it's like i i'm never going to be complacent and just kind of be comfortable with where i am i think it's just whatever needs to get done i'm going to find a way to get it done absolutely so another track that you released that i really enjoyed you released it earlier this year catching a dream or last last year i think Catching a Dream. Tell yeah. me a little bit about what inspired that track. That one was fun. Catching a Dream. Uh, Catching a Dream was mostly like I, I was in a period where I, I was just like so ready to be done with school when I wrote that song, and I just didn't want to be there. I really wanted to be somewhere else. It was kind of this like uh, the sentiment of that song is this escapism thing, where it's just like whatever your reality is you just want to get away and go to some place in your mind where everything is great. And so we were like, Oh, what would, what would that world kind of look like if we wrote about it? And we just wrote this kind of fictional world of like, you know, like, I don't know. It was like this combination of, of I was imagining just this dream world kind of. And, um, the, then, then the final thing was just like, Oh, don't worry about me. I'm just, I'm just I'm just catching a dream, and we all all really liked that. Everybody was like, "That's a really cool." So that we ended up finishing it. it yeah, fun. I love summer feeling too. A uh, great collaboration with Matoma. How'd you link up with him, and how'd that song come together? Uh, we have the same booking agent, so he. I was a fan of Matoma's for so long. I was a fan of his since I was like 14, and uh, I <laughs> I remember just talking to um, my agent and I was like, yeah, I was just asking him about like who else he, he worked with and whatever. We were just having a conversation. He sent the Toma. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you, are you serious? Like you did? I was like, you know him? Like you have his phone number? Like, could you, you know, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you guys. I was like, and uh, I was just baffled. And he ended up putting us on a group text. Um, there was a group 
Instagram thing. And then Tom Matoma wrote this just big paragraph, so sweet, like about how how much he liked my music and how much he, how sweet he thought it was that that I, I was a fan of his and how we couldn't wait to work together. And I was, I was like, I, I almost cried. I remember being like, this is somebody I've listened to for so long. And um, it just happened so, so easily after that. It was kind of like he sent over some demos that, that were written. Um, and he was like, any, any of these sound good? And I picked Summer Feeling. I was like, this one's awesome. And then went and recorded the vocals and that was it. That's amazing. One of those great, oh shit moments. You know, where you're yeah, like, Whoa, what the fuck is going on? Those are always the best. That is exactly what it was. <laughs> and how, how about your most recent single, Drowning? Another heavy track thematically, um, kind of like your first track, Broken. What inspired it? What do you hope people take away from a song like that, too? That was about uh, somebody very, very close to me um, who is in... A situation where uh, basically we we I've watched it kind of drain this person over a long period of time. She's in a, a relationship that um, is just it's such a tough situation when you love somebody so much and you want to be there for them, but it's breaking you down. And typically, it's like you can't see that happening if you're the one that's in that relationship and. Um, so me kind of watching it happen from a distance, I was like, this is a really, really powerful topic, situation. It was just like, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing to be stuck in between loving somebody so bad or so much and, and needing to let them go so badly because, um, you just can't survive if you keep being there for them. Um, so that's, that's kind of what the song is about is, um, having to to let somebody go um even though you you love them and that's the whole kind of song is written in the metaphor of drowning where it's like i i need to let you go because if i don't let you go i'll sink yeah. i'll drown and so you've released six tracks now what do you see as far as coming next for you as a songwriter as far as sonically the the way the songs are going to sound and you know lyrically topics you're writing about and things like that i think i'm still finding it you know it's like uh i i don't i don't think i've i've pigeonholed myself um into one sound specifically but what i love and what i'm learning that i i love are story-based yeah. lyrics um and ones that that often you know have some specific details or or are very story-driven but that can also apply to a very wide range of people, the same way that, that Broken was. It was like, how can I write this as a story but still make it apply to so many people? And I think that's, lyrically at least, that's what I love. And whether that be you know a, a, a darker song or a lighter song, or um, I want that to always be the case. I want to have you know as many people as possible be able to take something from it, but also to represent my own stories and... Um, draw from my own personal experiences and those of friends and family. Um, but, and then sonically, I think it's just continuing to, to lean into that. Um, how can I take that acoustic style that I love so much and infuse it into this more folky pop um, sort of hybrid? Well, totally can't wait to see and hear what you have on deck next. Right now, you're currently on the road with Maisie Peters, as we mentioned at the top of the interview. Uh, these must be your first live shows in quite some time. You're definitely not playing small rooms either. So what do you have? This this is my first live show ever, actually. My first <laughs> yeah. live show of so all time was I have yesterday. A <laughs> I kind of had a feeling that that was the case. So tell me, what what's that like? I mean... Most people, their first experience playing a show in front of other people is a bar in front of maybe a handful of people or playing an open mic in front of a handful of people. I know you're playing Music Hall of Williamsburg soon in Brooklyn, which, you know, here where where I live in New York, the New York City area, 
that's like a big mid-sized venue. There's going to be like, you know, probably about a thousand people there. So, well, we we actually up, upgraded to Webster oh, Hall, sick. which is even yeah. bigger. So that uh, is even bigger. Yeah. So that's like, I think that's like seventeen hundred. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's it like? You know, your first string of live performances ever going to be in you know in these big rooms? That's really 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 cool. Did you have to prepare yourself mentally at all for that? Oh my God, yes. I, 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 I'm still not prepared mentally for that. Yesterday, and I, I'm much more like, I should say, just yesterday was so ridiculous. Because yesterday, I, I just have, I, I couldn't, I just had this, like, I don't believe that I do this. Like, this is, this is actually what I do. And then I had never had, like, a, either, like, a, a personal, interaction with with people about my music it, it hasn't ever been real it's always just been like numbers yeah or over the computer and right? So, yeah yeah I, right yeah so to have kind of like a to go out there and have people react that way was just so so special and i i could not stop smiling the entire time and i was terrified obviously um but it was like we felt so prepared i was i was ready i knew i was ready um I just, I just needed to do it and just get out there. And so now it's kind of like I'm, I'm, I can't wait to do it again. Um, we have it tonight, <laughs> obviously, but uh, it's just like, uh, it's so cool. So I, I don't know. I don't. I'm still kind of like in shock about the whole thing, to be honest. But I can't wait. And then you know, yesterday was like 300 people, something like that. I'm like. Or 300 cap room. I don't even know. I can't even begin to imagine what 1700 yeah. is like. So I'm I'm taking it kind of one step at a time. I think, but I, it's just so super cool. pumped for you. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your live show at the at the top of that show. You mentioned that it's you and two other uh, guys in your band. What's what's the setup like and what what can people expect yeah it's it's very stripped back we don't have a track we're not playing to a, a click a metronome um it's just kind of like three guys just getting up there and jamming um and there are some songs where we have th just three acoustic guitars there are some songs when we have you know two acoustics and a keyboard there's some songs it's, it's just very um it really just feels like kind of like a jam sesh with, with three guys that just get up there and, and have fun. And we have like all of these really cool harmony moments and stuff sprinkled throughout. But I'm playing mostly wow, yeah. unreleased songs, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's actually been very cool to see, see yesterday to see the reaction to the one that's coming next. Um, has been been really really cool to play that one live all right everyone now we're gonna play some of jonah's songs we're gonna hear some of the tracks we talked about like broken then we're gonna hear moon summer feeling and catching a dream I'm broken Tell you I'm fine But you wouldn't believe me If you knew the things that crossed my mind And I'm hurting But I show no sign Cause I'm afraid to give and Break down and waste your time Two, three Now I'm begging you to come and pour me out the fire Come and save me like you did when we were young Oh please come bring me up From my lowest take me higher Can you see me through the ashes and the smoke? I'm lonely It's been so long Since I felt loved, smiled felt strong and what can I do when I'm not friends with my reflection when I don't understand affection like you do Two, three. I'm begging you to come and pour me out the fire come and save me 
like you did when we were young Oh please come bring me up From my lowest take me higher Can you see me through the ashes and the smoke? You say that you'll help me, tell me I'm worth it But I don't deserve it, I don't deserve it It's easy for you, cause you know you're perfect And I need your hand, but I don't wanna burn it There's blood on the counter, tears on the pages While I write you a letter and then I quickly erase it I'm shattered and beat down, broken and weak now So I'm begging you to come and pour me out the fire Come quickly, cause I'm burning up inside Oh please, just bring me up From my lowest, take me higher Can you see me through the ashes and the smoke? I've got demons, you've got scars but All the bumps and bruises take us to the place we are We've been through heaven, and then we fell You might think it's over, but the story's ours to tell Just know that I will be with you Just keep looking for the moon And I'll be here Oh, you're searching for your life out in the dark Looking for the moon You'll see it clear Cause it shines the same wherever you are Let it guide you Don't look behind you If you stay within the light, I'll always find you Looking for the moon And I'll be here Cause you don't ever have to feel alone I will be with you I will be with you Keep looking for the moon I will be with you And my letters And in my songs It's the thought of you that fills them up And keeps me feeling strong I don't regret it but I know that we are greater than the sum of our hearts Just know that I will be with you Just keep looking for the moon I'll be here While you're searching for your life in the dark Looking for the moon You'll see it clear Cause it shines the same wherever you Looking for the moon And I'll be here While 
life is starting to scare me I turn to my mind to be my sanctuary Passing the time until I can get back to the place where I hide from it all everyone we just heard four of jonah's singles we heard broken moon summer feeling and catching a dream you could check all of those songs out on your streaming platform of choice jonah's music is also available on his website jonahkagan.com all right now Jonah picked some records. We're going to talk about what he selected. All right, first up, tell me what you picked for your first one. All right. Number one, I had the Cranberries, No Need to Argue. Very, very awesome album. Sadly, she passed away a couple of years ago. Do you have uh, any memories associated with this record at all or do you remember the first time you heard it so not actually this this one in particular this is the first time that i've heard that one uh i i picked that one namely because i used to the cranberries played in my dad's house or my dad's uh car all the time and we used to every time that he would pick me up from school we would put in the cranberries it was either cranberries or, or enya the cranberries or Enya or the you know the uh, Titanic soundtrack we threw on there it was it was like a, you know it was always something like something like something crazy going on in that car but we used to listen to the cranberries all the time and that was one that I had never heard before but when I saw the cranberries on your list I got excited and I went and listened to it I was like man this song is beautiful I love the way that it yeah, it, it builds it's just this very emotional stack of harmonies and just different tones that i really 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 like so i was i was happy that i was turned on to that one awesome man excellent selection great band that i feel like are getting their due again people are coming back around to them after their peaks in the the 90s and really realizing what great uh songwriters they were it's funny that you even say that too because it's like i i hadn't listened to them since i was a kid and then uh it took seeing them on your list to go in and be like, man, yeah, I remember listening to this. This is awesome. So I'm gonna, I'm, they're gonna be on my list from now on for sure. But they say it'll work out fine. Was it all a waste of time? Cause I knew, I knew I'd lose you. It'll always be special to. Your second pick, the Go Go's. We got the beat. Great song. Tell me a little bit about why you picked this track. Yeah, very similar reason to uh, this one. Although my mom used to sing this song all the time, she would be singing all around the house. And I also just like I love the bass line <laughs> in that song so much. I think it is so sick. I think it's kind of like. The, the, that style of music is one that's also kind of making a bit of a, a, a revival into pop slightly. Like you hear little elements of it, especially in percussive 
stuff and then in that like kind of driving more funky bass line i think it's so so cool but yeah i used to belt that song around my house all the time so that one had to put that <laughs> oh, that's on. so Third selection. All right, third selection uh, is Michael Jackson, Rock With You. Yeah, my favorite Michael Jackson song. Good pick, man. Oh, it's so good, man. And I, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't leave out any MJ when I saw it just because I love Michael Jackson. I love everything about Michael Jackson. But I think... I don't know. That one also, like, it's just, I think it's just the, 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 the catchy, the little weekend ride, boogie. It's so nice. Yeah. I like, every time I hear that song, it always just makes me get up and move. That song to me, the reason why I like that one so much too is I think it's like, it immediately incites like this kind of good vibe moving thing. Like, as soon as people hear it, they start moving, they start jamming, which is like what music is all about for me. So I love that song. I think it's awesome. Uh, hell yeah, absolutely, man. It's a fun song to dance to. And your final selection. Yes. All right. Final selection. This one uh, is mostly from a, a lyrical perspective. I'm super. I love Tom Waits, so I have uh, yeah. his his Blue Valentine EP on there, and then uh, specifically the 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 cover, the uh, title track, Blue Valentines. I think is so cool. But actually, my weird connection to Tom Waits too. My uh, my soccer coach in college actually turned me on to Tom Waits, which is just like the <laughs> nice. wildest like connection of things. But then I started listening to him. I was like, this guy is wild. Like the, the amount of, but his song, uh, the, uh, his big one that I, I hope that I don't fall in love with you. I know that wasn't on your list, but, um, that song is like, has been the, the inspiration for a lot of different things i just i love the way that he writes he's definitely a weird dude but i i love it i think like that you know the whole like what's he building in there oh yeah he's very uh, polarizing i feel like people either love him or hate him <laughs> i love him i think he's awesome me too the anniversary of someone that i used to be Feels like a warrior out for my arrest. Baby, you got me checking in my rear. All right, everyone. Sadly, we're coming to the end of today's episode. Jonah, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Everyone, Jonah is on tour for the rest of March with. Maisie Peters for a full list of tour dates. Check out Jonah's website, jonahkagan.com. You can also follow him on all social media, including TikTok and Instagram. His handle is at Jonah Kagan. All right, we're going to play one more track to end today's episode. It's Jonah's most recent single, Drowning. I live in your nightmares. Your fears know my name. I've been there for so long, now the water is flooding the cave. I hear the voices and all the things they say. I bear all your burdens, but they weren't mine to take. To keep. You safe, I'm drowning in your deepest secrets, but I still keep them. Trouble 
I can't carry the weight 